Welcome everyone to the next episode of the Light of Life podcast. I'm your host, Naomi, and today I'm here with Daniel. Daniel, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Hello, Naomi. Thanks so much for having me. So, Naomi, I'm a traumatic brain injury survivor, uh, suffering from a hemorrhage in 2014. Mm-hmm. Left me learning how to walk, talk, and smile again. So, it was quite a abrupt and leveling experience, and then I've kind of had to rebuild my life from that one onwards. Wow. Thank you, Dan. And yes, so you um, survived a brain hemorrhage. And my first question for you is, when did you start feeling the headache and the blurry vision? I'd say about two weeks before it all kicked off, I was having headaches that were getting progressively worse. And, uh, you know, I knew something was wrong with the A&E the first time. They thought it was vertigo that sent me home. But I was on two the next day, going across town to pick up some of my friend at Ondil, and my vision just blacked out on the two, which is quite scary. We went to the platform and I knew something was wrong. Um, and I just sat there like an idiot, not sure what to do, and then vision came back and I was like, oh, thank God, because I wasn't really sure the next player. But I went back to Annie the next day, and they, um, they thought it was vertigo still that sent me home, but they told me on the way out, if the headaches were to continue, I could always get my eyes checked in an optometrist. An optometrist, you say. So I ended up finding myself in Mr. Patel's chair the next day, the optometrist, and he stopped the exam midway through the exam, excused himself in the room, and he came out with a sealed envelope, and he gave that to me, which kind of kicked things off dramatically. He told me to direct it to Morfield's Hospital, which I did. Well, tell a lie now. I stopped at home first to grab a book by Jack, by Lee Child, Jack Reacher book. Phone charging a bike heat. We went to Moorfields Hospital. They ran the same tester and then asked me up to Charing Cross Hospital. I had a dangerous build of impression on my brain caused from a non cancerous cyst in my head. I required emergency brain surgery tomorrow. So this all kicked off in a matter of, you know, eight, eight, ten hours. Wow. Wow. So you were told to go to the hospital by your optometrist um, you went to the hospital and they did lots of tests and determined you needed brain surgery um, what what went through your mind well I knew well when the vision went black down with the other two I knew something was wrong so I don't but by right um, when they told me I was having emergency brain surgery the next day yeah, I was terrified Mm-hmm. Like, that's not a casual surgery. That's not like. Yeah. I joke about like, getting a new haircut. Like, the, like, the thought of like brain surgery is disgusting. Mm-hmm. Like, how is it even possible that this going in my brain? That's wild. Yeah. So, like, it's, it's, um, I joked instead of messaging my mom, the last text message I sent going to emergency brain surgery. I'll see you soon, mom. I think I'll have a new haircut next time. See you. Love, Dan. Like that message is masking a lot of insecurity, a lot of fear. I was terrified. You know, at a show, mm-hmm. yeah, I was really terrified. But like, what are you gonna do? It's the last, last hurrah on earth, maybe. Like, let's um, not be remembered by whimpering punk, but someone with a jazz, but a bit of jazz, but a cheap, but a charm. That's what the message said. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. Yeah. It, it's very scary being told you, like, all of a sudden need to go to the hospital um, and then being told you have to go into a really big operation, like, within a matter of hours. Um, and, and after the surgery, you had to relearn how to walk, talk, and smile. Um, um, what, what was the rehabilitation process like with those things? Well, it was difficult. Like when I was in a coma, the mm-hmm. leg had atrophied, so it was it was unviable. So I had to I was in a wheelchair for four months after the injury, mm-hmm. and I had to use excruciating leg exercises to get my leg back working. I'd wear a splint one hour a night, um, but like I was, you know, I was not able to walk. I was getting in a wheelchair for forty five minutes, then forty, then thirty five, then thirty. And 25 and 20 it was like difficult arduous like slow slow grind here everything was difficult and achy and hurting and just like what when you want fast and going smooth it was a real grind mm-hmm. um i'll share a story if you don't mind about the word the splinting between bro if that's for you no <laughs> so i'll do the split one hour night at, at the Wolfson Rehab Center, the second rehab center I was at, after three months from the initial brain hemorrhage. And I got fitted for a splint on the left leg, and the splint's like a cast over your left leg. Oh. Now, the first night I was splint through the night, no issue, no stress. This will be easy. I thought this would be easy. I can rehab during the day, with splint tonight, I'll be right as rain in no time. The second night after 20 minutes, the splint was painful. After 30 minutes, it was dreadful. After 40 minutes, it was unbearable. Buzz the nurse were taking the splint off. I can't handle the pain. But I told the nurses tomorrow, tomorrow we're doing this for an hour. I'm a walker, I can handle the pain. So I told them, so I thought. So they wrapped my leg. And they go patrol the Wilson board. Now the Wilson board was in L shape, so short on one side, longer on the other side, okay? Short on one side, longer on the other side. And then even in the hospital room that smells like only a hospital room can smell, sanitized, sterilized. Mm-hmm. It's a clean, but you wonder what sort of atrocities have been committed under the guise of the scent of like cleanliness. It's just like this, this scent that gets in your, in your nostrils is horrible. Mm-hmm. After 10 minutes, the leg's painful. After 20 minutes, the leg's dreadful. After 30 minutes, the leg's unbearable. The pain is excruciating. I can't even describe it how difficult the pain is. It's like I'm biting my arm trying to sharpen this from the pain. I start passing the clicker back and forth. But the clicker is the nurse call button. My, my lifeline to the nurses in the hospital, right? So I'm passing that back and forth trying to sharpen myself from the pain. As the pain ratchets up, my throat is getting more enthusiastic. Now, eventually, inevitably, I drop the clicker and it lands on the moment before. Sugar, I mutter. I did not say sugar. Um, I look over the edge of the bed, I sleep clear there on the floor, looking back at me. If I can only get to that clicker, I can this pain, this atrocity. Only problem was the fall from that night, might break my arm, I thought. In fact, I figured about a 50-50 chance we'd break my arm, coin flip, not the best odds. I changed tack. Trying to do the split, but instead of the ankle, not at the hip, I'm not that flexible. I can't reach that far. I'm not that flexible. 
watched Black Hammer so far. Where the wolves wins an L shape, right? Short in the side, long in the side. Short in the side, long in the side. There's a fire in the ward that can't even hear me all the way out. I said I'm gonna flip the coin. Go for the clicker, because even if I break my arm, at least I get to splint up my leg, and that's the most important thing in my life right now. The most important thing in life. So I flip the coin, crash down the floor. The yard sale, blankets, wires, cables is all a go. The arm holds holds and I hammer the clicker expect the nurses to come bursting into the room to come to rescue the bat signal's been put up I kind of stroll in five minutes later what are you on the floor of they say say let's not worry about it let's get spun up my leg please don't tell you all about it it's not what happens to you but how you respond to the manager I learned three lessons from this experience the first was let's not pass the clicker back and forth Probably pretty self-evident from what happened there. The second was let's do splint with the hip, not the ankle. That way I can undo the shitty splint, get rid of the clicker get dropped in the future. And the third was from this moment onwards, be solutions oriented. Always, always, always be solutions oriented. It's kind of a life lesson I've learned from this and I've carried forward since that day forward. They've always focus on solution your problem. Not where your problem is and why you're in a situation. Look back at it after the fact, of course, but always look at how you can fix your problem. What's a possible solution that can help you alleviate the problem. That's like a really key lesson I learned from the experience. So that's mm-hmm. an example of how difficult the spell was to wear and how excruciating it was to wear because that, you know, I was flipping the coin and think about broke my arm or not to get the spell on my leg. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so, so, so you went through a lot of physical challenges. Um, um, wow. Uh, trying to recover from the brain hemorrhage. Um, Dan, what is your message to people who have had these kinds of brain episodes and have had to uh, relearn how to walk and talk? Yeah, it's difficult. It's, like, it's, it's not one size fits all with a brain injury. Like, it's like a thumbprint. It's, it's difficult to say, like, what work for me, what work for you. But, like, I can tell you for sure that trying is the most important bit. Mm-hmm. Try. Um, always put effort in. Don't think that you're going to get there by half-assing it. You're like, oh, I kind of showed that I tried. But like, you have to try to failure again and again and again. And eventually it will get easier. For me, it did at least. Mm-hmm. Hopefully this for you as well. Yeah. I'd say no. No doesn't mean forever. It just means right now. Someone tells you no, it doesn't mean that you can never do that thing. It just means right now, that's a no. But in the future, maybe it's a yes. No is not forever, it's just right now. And try, that's the most important bit. I think for brand new survivors, that's the most important lesson you can have. And kind of when you your sales kind of vibe, like it's, it's not what happens to you, but how you respond to the matters, right? So just keep trying to put in the work, and, and no doesn't mean forever, it just means right now. That's three for you. No. Absolutely, absolutely. Um. Uh, if you keep uh, trying and try to keep going, you will eventually get to uh, uh, the point you want to be at. So you have to keep trying no matter how many times you fail. That is really, really important advice. Uh, and, um, you know, it's you're, you're, you're a wonderful example of that, Daniel. And, um, and um, you're very uh, inspiring. Uh, thank you for sharing your story. Um, 
Is there anything else you would like to share? Yeah, there's one more story I'd like to share about, like, um, taking the next step and just how important that is to the recovery. Mm-hmm. So I recently had eye surgery in the left eye. Third surgery I had in the eyes. Hope was to correct the dull vision that I experienced from the day-to-day. Hold over from the brain injury in 2014. And in short, the surgery did not fix it all. I still see two of you. I mean, which is wonderful. But it's a bit distracting and a bit frustrating because the eye surgery in the right eye made the eye a lot better. Like, you noticeably better over, like, course of a few, you know, surgeries made it remarkably better. Um, the left eye has changed everything. My dad asked me, like, do you regret having the eye surgery? And I st- stammered back, like, yes, it's changed everything. But I thought more about it. And I realized that, like, I was taking the next step. Reminded by this book of the horse, the boy, the fox, and the mole. This boy's walking through a thick wood and he goes, he yells back at the horse, he goes, I can't see a way through. And the horse says, Well, can you see your next step? And the boy says, Yeah. And the horse says, Well, then just take that. See, what I was doing with the, with the ice, you was taking the next step. You take what's available to you. I can have all the answers, I can have all the results, but like you take the next step that's available to you always. It's a mindset you can never lose and never change. Like it's always gotta be taking the next step, trying to improve it. At the risk of failure, the risk of falling down, because if you don't risk it, there's no reward, there's no there's no goal, there's no prize. Every time you gotta take the next step when it's available to you, and that's so key to remember and also love that. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story, Daniel. This was really good at um, interview, and this was really inspiring. You're going to help a lot of people. Thanks, Adam. I appreciate your time. <laughs> Thank you.